Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Uh, my name is JR. I'm the host of the show. And today I have with me Olivia Fish. Olivia Fish, in just a moment, will tell you why she's here. She has a lot to bring to the table. She's an author and she does way more than just being an author. So first off, Olivia, please tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and why you are here today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm an empowerment coach and I help people transform their lives and perform and achieve at their highest level. So that's the work I do as a coach. Um, I wrote a book called Lose the Weight, Create Your Healthy State, which essentially is about not just losing the physical weight, but the emotional and the emotional and physical and spiritual and intellectual, that mindset shift that's needed in order to uplevel your life in a whole new way. So the book is really about how to let go of the things that are not belonging to you so that you can get closer to spirit and source and know what it is that is meaningful in your life. And that is going to allow you to achieve at that highest level with purposeful work. Okay, so let's get started here. Let's get heavy real quick. How did you start empowering your own health? Yeah, it's a great place to start. So essentially, I... I have not always felt so empowered in my life, which is um, how a lot of coaches end up getting in this business. But essentially, I was feeling like I was suffering from obsessive compulsive disorders, mildly depressed, feeling like I was not fitting in and achieving at my highest level. And essentially, it was something that was important to me to really get into alignment and not just focus on so much my body, but focus on my emotional self, my intellectual self, and my spiritual self. And knowing that when I can honor my body and honor my sensitivity and honor my introvert and honor my ambitious creativity, essentially what I can do is cultivate a very healthy state for myself. And so about, this was about 20 years ago, I decided to go all in on me and invest in me in a different way so that I can show up in my life in a different way. And this kind of has been my trajectory in life to hop on this personal development train, as I call it, to then help others in the same way. Okay. So basically once you got health conscious and when we say health conscious, like you say, it was a roundabout thing. It wasn't just a physical, it was the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the social, uh, the psychology of all this stuff. You got everything together and you, you, you are who you are today. So after you started doing this, you decided that you want to go into business for yourself, correct? So I've actually had my business, um, since 2015. Um, so pretty close to me getting out of school. And I started off as a personal trainer and fitness instructor. And I was essentially teaching people how to move their bodies and training people in just the physical way. And I got to just expand that out to more of the holistic approach to health. And so that's what I, what I incorporate now. And I always knew I wanted to go that route because it was the route that had set me free. But essentially, I spent about 10 years in my business, 15 years in my business, actually, just focusing on the body with people. So that's how I essentially got into this work. 
All right, so getting deep into the body, you have a master's in exercise science. So you truly have a grasp on exercising. What made you want to go that deep into exercising? And I'm going to give you a little filler real quick. And here, here's the reason I ask this, because some, be, some people do a little bit of that just to get a, a, a better knowledge to go into other fields. Mm-hmm. You took this all the way to the master's level. So what inspired you to excel that far and get that much growth? inside exercise science yeah so i i love learning about the body and so i i i love education i love learning when i'm going to be into something i'm going to go all in (laughs) so um and also the trajectory of my life you know what i wanted to do has changed along the way so essentially what i was doing in the beginning of my profession was um allowing just teaching people how to perform with their bodies at the highest level, right? And so that master's degree was allowing me to work with people pretty high up in their athletic ability and training athletes and people who were competing essentially. And so I was a, I am a performance enhancement specialist. So it kind of, it's great. It definitely comes in handy even with my clients now because essentially I can have your body look however you want it to look. And I'm trained to do that. But most of the time, people don't care about that. They're not being paid, right, for um, having a six pack. They're not getting paid to be able to jump super high. Um, So, you know, it's more about just feeling good in your body. And so for me, it's just part of my what I'm interested in, really, because if I when I get into something, I like to take my own education to the highest level so I can provide the most value for my clients. So that's why I decided to get my master's degree in exercise science, become a performance enhancement specialist, and all of these things that I just think are super interesting and I would want to learn anyway. It's just a nice byproduct to help my clients as well. Okay. Now, you have a slew of titles that fall under your name so real fast for me can you let us know about a few of the titles that follow you yeah so which ones are we looking at the the master's degree the um the performance enhancement specialist being um, an author author yeah so i like i have lots of different hats i guess along my career of 20 years you end up accumulating all these things you know and letters behind your name um but essentially you know, the letters don't matter. It's the transformation that I really allow for people to move through and level up the level of consciousness in their life in a different way. And, you know, sometimes people want to look at the letters and, 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 you know, to create some credibility, and that's great. Um, But it's actually at the end of the day, people are actually just struggling, right? And they're having a hard time or they feel stuck in their lives or they know that there's more. And essentially, all those letters and all of my expertise in these different different areas just allows me to really hone in on how to help somebody in a very meaningful way and get them the result that they truly desire. Okay. And I like that. Now, one one title I want to go into is the author aspect of what you do, Mm -hmm. because it takes a lot to be an author, like, you know, with everything that you have going on. So what inspired you to write a book? Mm -hmm. If you don't mind me asking first. Yeah, so um, that's a really great question, because I do think it ties into the work I do as well. I think that we all have 
I mentioned earlier, like how important for what, how, how important it was for my own development to honor my ambitious creativity. And it is part of how I think we heal even our bodies is by there's something a lot of the time people just want to be able to make people want to do something people want to feel like they're, they're purposeful, and they're creating impact in the things that they care about. So it was actually me just doing what I teach in a way. I knew I had a book in me. I've had 20 years of experience of helping people really take care of their health and level up in their health holistically in this way and really just breaking down what matters and what doesn't matter. There's a lot of things in the health, um, the health world and on Google that just is very, very, very confusing for people. And people just want to feel like, okay, how am I just going to get this result? How am I going to feel better in my body? I know I got to take care of my health. I know it matters. What do I do? And so it was a way for me to just put all that information out there and put it in one spot where I can share it with, with my audience and with the world. And, um, it took me about three months to write. It didn't actually take very long. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, it's become an international bestseller, which I'm really happy about. Um, I did get help, of course. I hired a coach. Anytime you need help with something, like I highly advise you to hire someone who's in that, that niche to help you out. And, you know, essentially we set a timeline and we made it happen. And so it's, I think that, you know, people are, either not setting big enough goals or they are essentially in magical thinking, but then don't put the practical things in place in their life to then make it happen into fruition. Right. And so part of the work I do with people is that it's like, no, we got to not have boring goals. We got to have those big ambitious creative goals for ourselves because that's what, that's what the world needs to heal. <laughs> right. Yes. And so when people are really tapped into that, um, their zone of genius, they're tapped into what their gifts are, and they can actually put it out there. It's, I think, very important. And so it was part of me writing this book was I knew I had it in me. I knew it was going to be fun. Um, I knew I wanted to do it. And I could get it done with a little bit of discipline and some what I call loving discipline. And so I did it. Um, and I'm really proud of that book. I, I, I'm very, I still even send people chapters and I'm like, Hey, you told me about this and you were DMing me about this. And you messaged me about this, read this chapter, right? Or here's a snippet or here's this section even just to share with people the things that I know have worked for my clients and the thousands of people I've been able to help as well as myself and my own journey. So that's why I decided to write a book. And it was really me just honoring that ambitious creativity, just like I do honoring my body, just like I do honor my introvert, just like I do honor my sensitivity. When we can do these four elements that I teach in uh, my program, it is makes for a happy life. <laughs> so, Okay, so how did your coaching philosophy tie into the book? So my coaching philosophy is essentially that Everybody is so enlightened to sum it up. And everybody really does have access to their highest self and has the answers within themselves to really live the life they truly desire. And my job as a coach is essentially to just 
hear and listen deeply enough so that I can just shine that mirror right back at you and, and hold that vision strong for you and with you. And I think that it's important when we have a big vision or we have a big goal that you have somebody alongside you to say, I see you, I see you at your best. And I think we're lacking that in, in our culture. And so as a coach, that is my job to, and to see, tell you and point out the places that you're self-sabotaging or the obstacles that are in your way and help them move them aside. Right. So essentially people come to me at point A and they want to get to point B, which is their goal. And I'm the bridge that helps them get there. I can't walk over that bridge for people, but I can, I can guide people to say, Oh, here's the way, here's the bridge. Here's how you get from A to B and any obstacles that are in the way, I'm going to help you move them aside so you can get to be as quickly as possible. So essentially I become that straight line for people to tap into their highest self, because sometimes the noise around us and in the, the world around us gets so noisy and you're spinning and it's hard to find that straight line. Yeah, it's so, hard to have a linear expression. Exactly. We end up zigzagging, we end up going and then going back. And so I allow people to move through that just with a little bit more fun and ease and um and and allow them to get there to feel proud right to feel proud of yourself so how the book ties in is that essentially it's that process i have a a, a process that i walk people through to empower their health and essentially em empower their life and each of the um, letters in the word empower stands for a step in that process and that's the process i lay out in the book Okay. And then you have a, another process called the live empower programs that go along with this too, correct? Exactly. But I, mm -hmm. but I have a question real quick. Uh, are you familiar with the five pillars of health? The five pillars of health? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I teach, the, I teach about the pillars of health. I'm wondering which ones you're talking about. Cause I feel like that's thrown around a lot. So which ones are you referring to? Well, first off, I would like to get your take on your take of the five pillars of health, yeah. because, because essentially this is the reason I'm asking this because mm -hmm. people, before they even come to you, they research, they look for different type of information to see what they're going to get from you before they get anything from you. So some people try to be well-versed in certain things and some people are miseducated. So if someone comes to you, they come to the Live Empower programs and they want to know about your version of the five pillars of health, what would that be? Yeah. So when people talk about the five pillars of health or when I'm talking about, about the five pillars of health, it's just about how are you going to honor your body? Okay. And what does your body actually need in the day so that it can work effectively. So essentially work above the line or in a very effective state, okay, where you're allowing your body to be in a powerful state, to be able to change your thoughts, and to be able to be in a powerful state where you can know that you have the choice to decide on the next thing you are going to do that's life enhancing, because we're only in control of two things, we're in control of our next thought, and the next thing we do. Essentially, that's all we're in control of all the time. And that's hard for people to, to tap into and to realize. But you can only do that if you're in a regulated state, operating above the line and in a powerful state. Otherwise, we go into these mechanisms that are these mechanisms that are not um, that end up leaving us in self-betrayal. So when we're when we're honoring our body, there are five things that we want to pay attention to. 
we want to make sure that our body is hydrated. We want to make sure that we have proper fuel in our body. So we're eating the right things. We want to make sure we're having the right sleep, amount of sleep, which is eight hours a day. We want to make sure that we're moving every day, incorporating movement, and that we're getting outside every day. And these are the things that your body is wanting. And I just want to point out that the one of the pillars is movement, but it's not workouts. It's not exercising. It's just movement. And I like to distinguish that for people because most of the time we've been taught that we are supposed to be doing sweaty workouts all the time. And that's not the case. Usually what happens is that when you're working out an already stressful body, it just actually makes it harder to lose weight and feel energized and feel less anxious. So that movement piece has to be a combination of working in and working out. And it, they're, there's, it, they're both important and they're both needed um, so that we are actually allowing our honoring our body and creating that healthy state for ourselves. Okay. Okay. And I liked it. Now, uh, inside your program, obviously you have been successful with a book and you have been successful with your business. Um, I always have to ask this question about success. Please explain to me how you measure success, how you determine success in the valuation of success. Um, yeah, I would love to, I think that, you know, again, I would say this, my definition of success has changed throughout the years. I think that right now, in this moment, um, my definition of success and how I view it is really correlated to um, how much time I have for the things I love. Um, time is so finite. And when I'm able to spend it in a way that is life enhancing, it really, it really feels like success for me. Um, so success essentially is, am I spending my time on the things that I love? Or does it end up being out of obligation or feel like it's not quite a win-win for me? And also another way to kind of overall picture how I like to picture it is just this view of success is just like, how present was I today? Like, was I enjoying the moments that I was, that I've been in and was I at ease in those moments or not? Or was it kind of me struggling through them? And so for me, it's that peace um, is really important and my ability to spend my time in a really fulfilling way. So do I have the freedom of time? Because really, I think that that's like the, the thing that we're all really wanting is like, wow, do I have the freedom to do the things I want to do in my day or not? Right. Or am I just so focused on taking care of the house and making the money and pleasing everybody around me? Right. So true. So, so true. Yeah. Now, uh, I pay homage to this uh, news magazine because I'm 37 years old. On Friday nights when I was a young kid, 2020 on ABC, you had Diane Sawyer, you had John Stossel, and you had the greatest interviewer that lives today, Barbara Walters. So I've got some questions I want to ask you real quick. They're a little bit more edgy. Uh, they fit in a lot of what we're doing still, but they're just a little bit more to make you more personable to the audience. So when people gauge you, um, they know a little bit more about you and they know how you tick. And the most amazing thing that's come out of COVID-19 and anything uh, related to it is the word self-care. As a person that gives and gives, the question never comes back to you. How do you take care of yourself uh, with self-care? Like what type of self-care do you do beyond 
uh, what people can see from the job that you do, because obviously that's an amazing way to have self-care. What do you do in your personal life for self-care so that the audience, you know, future clients and current clients will know how you, how Olivia takes care of herself when she's not doing all these multifaceted things she does? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Okay. I think that this whole idea of self-care has got real wacko lately. So I'm happy to kind of tell you my philosophy on this whole thing. Okay. Essentially, what I think where we've gone array is that we've confused self-maintenance with self-care. Okay. So if I'm getting my nails done and my hair cut and I don't know, like buying some makeup for myself and going shopping, you know, getting a new shirt, um, all of these things that even just like working out, you know, getting my workout in today, whatever it is, a lot of this is actually just maintenance. True. <laughs> it's not actually self-care. Okay. It's like, I want to feel and look a certain way in the world. And so that my insides are matching my outsides, which I think is fine to do. I don't think there's anything wrong, but just knowing that that's just maintenance. That's like, I want to, you know, not my, have the ends of my hair all raggedy. So I get it cut, right? Or, and I go to the salon. So these things are external. And knowing that a lot of the self-care practices that actually people are, their intuition, their true self is asking and wanting are things that nobody can tell that you did in the day. Like they won't, nobody will notice, nobody will know, but you, it doesn't, you can't see it from the outside. And so a lot of the things when I'm thinking about self-care and when I'm making like, what do I, what are the ingredients I need in my day essentially so that I have evidence of self-love, which I think is what self-care is. It's like, I yes. just need evidence of self-love. Like I like myself. So what will I do today to show myself that I like myself? Because I'm in a relationship with myself, right? It's the most yes. important relationship we're ever in. It's the one with, we are with ourselves. So in that, from that framework, like I am constantly adjusting what I have to do, what I must do, what's my requirement for the life I'm living and where I'm at in my day. So I'm going to tell you right now, I can tell you what I do for self-care, but you're, you might be like, that's so random, <laughs> right? And so it's because it's just matching what I know my, what I need in my life right now. So I, my business has been doing really well. I've been helping a lot of people. It's been really fun for me. And it's been very focused the last three years on business. So I'm going to get a little personal with you. Okay. Okay. So it's been very much into business. It's been very much into like growing my business. How many people can I serve this year? Am I in alignment with who I'm serving at my highest level? All of these fun things I get to do with the marketing and all my copy and very business oriented um, in mindset. Okay. And I realized just recently that I get, I needed a little bit, something way different. Like I needed to have also just a little bit more balance and have some fun and play. And so I've been discovering what that could be. I was skateboarding like for like every day for like maybe two months. And I was loving that, which is really fun. That was my form of self-care. Okay. To get outside and skateboard and have a good time. And I actually just recently discovered pole dancing. 
and I am loving it. And it is so fun. And it's using all of my skill sets of like strength and acrobatics and focus. And it's kind of a solo project here, but you're around people. And that's something that I'm so excited to go to even tonight. I have a I have a session I'm going to. So this is like what I'm doing for for self care. And it's, it's knowing that what do, what's missing? Because sometimes self-care can look like doing the dishes. Sometimes, sometimes self-care can look like I'm going to call a friend right now because I'm feeling lonely, right? It's like taking a pause from a busy day and going on a walk around the block. It's masturbating in the middle of, middle of the day. Like it can look like so many different things. And it's important that we realize like we have to ask ourselves, our whole self, hey, what is it that you need today? so that you feel like you've got the ingredients for success. Like you have the ingredients to show up how you want to show up and the vibration and the frequency you want to show up as so that you can experience life at the level you want to experience it at. And, and know that our rituals and our self-care practices are going to change often because we're changing, depending on how quickly we're changing and how, how our life is shifting. So the short answer is skateboarding and pole dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's well-rounded. Now, <laughs> now, now we got to get to something serious real quick. And this is a hard question because I have a lot of people that I talk to and 200 shows in, we do, we talk to almost everybody from any part of society culture. How do you delegate? And let me put some filler in here because people have businesses and I run a I have a podcast. I used to do every single part of the podcast. Now I host and I do a little bit of advertisement, but mainly I host everything else is shuttered off to someone else that's delegated. It's moved somewhere else because at the end of the day, I was always great in my skin. I always wanted to be part of every form from the way the mic looks, the way it's tilted, the way it handles, the way the camera looks, the way the light hits me. I didn't want to delegate something to someone and say, Hey, you get this going and I'll just check on you. So how do you delegate when you've probably started, you were probably full circle with everything. How do you pass that power to other people? Yeah, I love that. So there's a concept and I, gosh, I don't know who came up with it. I'm really sorry. It's not mine, but it's essentially someone shared this with me once where there's the things that, you're just not good at, you're incompetent at doing, okay? And there's the things that you're, like, for me, that's like uh, putting up pictures on my wall. Like, um, I'm not good at cooking, for example, okay? Then there's, like, this level of, like, I'm, I'm good at it, but somebody else is probably better, okay? And then it's, like, your zone of excellence, like, the thing that everybody wants to pay you to do. And then there's your zone of genius that only you can do. So essentially, when I'm looking at all the things that I was doing in my day, from like the housework and stuff I'm doing with my daughter and my work, there's a lot on that list, right, of things to do. And that is, it's hard. It's, it, it's very stressful for so many of us. And so I think a really good way to look at this and here's the process I, I went through was just realizing, I think this is um, work from Gay Hendricks, by the way, 
um, is like the author of some of these concepts. But essentially, you're just allowing yourself to realize, like, I got to let go of the things I'm just not that good at. And the things that I'm good at, and I'm competent at, but then someone could do it better than me. <laughs> so that I can have more time for my zone of genius. And even the zone of excellence. But for me, the that was my way to start to delegate. And usually the, the things I encourage my clients to start delegating first are those things that you're just not good at anyway, that are taking way too much of your time that you're like researching and you're trying to figure out and you're doing, but you're not even that good at it. And the things that you are competent, like you could do it because you're smart, you're figuring it out, but someone can easily do it so much easier. Like you go on Pfeiffer and someone can do it for you very easily, right? Or you get a virtual assistant and they make it happen. So the things that I started delegating first, just to give your audience an example, is really just a lot of the household things because I'm a mom and I got a five-year-old. And so I, you know, as my business is growing, like I had to just really decide too, like, what does it mean to be a good mom? And if I think it means like, okay, if I think my only definition to be a good mom is that I'm cooking all the meals, that's going to be really hard for me to also grow my business, right? right. So it's also too, what's required sometimes is like changing your mind and rewriting your own definitions of what it means to be a good husband or wife or partner or friend, what it means to be a good mom, what it means to um, be a business owner, right? And what are the tasks that actually matter and what what can you start to delegate and hand off? So it's, sometimes it's just about changing your belief around something. So for me, it was a lot of the household. It was the cleaning. It was even just getting a chef to c come in and cook a couple meals a week for our family. Um, and essentially in my, with the business, you know, it's just asking for help and starting to delegate those tasks. I have an assistant now. And so it's knowing like what to hand off to her is just the thing that I, First of all, I, I know how to do very well. I've done it. I've done it and I can teach it to her. And she, these are like the three things that she can knock out without me. Right. And then it's just hands off. But when you're hiring people, essentially, I think that people are like, oh, I'm just going to hire another me. And that's just hard to do. You're not going to be able to hire another you, but you can hire certain people in your business so that you are giving them a very specific task that you're training them on so that um, you know, don't overestimate what you can hand off to them. Just make it very specific would be my, my advice to people when they're trying to hand things off and know that they can probably only take one to three tasks and nail it out really well. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to create another you, um, but you can start to um, divvy out specific tasks to people that can do it well. And then you essentially become that CEO where you're managing that instead of doing that thing. Right. Right. And I like that. And that right there is probably one of the hidden gems in this episode. So audience, clients, audience that turns into clients and clients mm -hmm. that are going to become part of the audience, take that, all that right there. And remember that I'm going to have to make an audio clip for that. Now on to the last hard hitting question. And this question is another one that's kind of rough. Um, and I'll give an example first before I even ask the question. With me, for instance, I only record this show on Tuesday. The rest of my week is 
out to develop these episodes, get SEO jumping, all that technical stuff that we got to get going so that people will continuously come to this podcast, want to be guests and do things with us. So to actually record, I take Tuesday. I turn off my cell phone. The hardest thing to do, even though I'm on Wi-Fi for everything else, that do not disturb turns on whenever we start these sessions. And it's going to run through the editing process tonight because some of the stuff, if it's a quick episode, I might be able to just edit it, you know, 30 minutes here or there, whatever. So, Olivia, what time do you turn yourself in on Do Not Disturb? When do you let that business world stop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that everybody's process is just so different. And I think that for me, um, it's important for me to have some set boundaries around when I work and when I don't. And then it's also important to know that like things are going to happen. If you are a business owner, like things will come up and allowing that day to be flexible as needed. So for your audience too, that is running your own business. Like if you think like it's going to be perfect every day and you're going to have to be disciplined. And if you don't do it that way, you're a failure. You're, you're, you're going to feel like a failure. And so I think it's really important for people to know that, you're going to make a great plan for yourself. I'll tell you mine. I usually don't start with any clients until nine before nine o'clock. And I'm usually done with everything I've got to do by around four o'clock because then I go pick up my daughter and, you know, I got other things to do like pole dancing. Right. Right. (laughs) So essentially like each day of the week, like I have like these parameters. Sometimes I end at three, on certain days, sometimes I end at five, but somewhere between three and five, it's just like, I'm done. But I think like, that's not really helpful to tell somebody because maybe they can't do that, right? So essentially, and sometimes I end like at noon, right? But essentially this is the the process I go through. Depending on what I'm working on, I make my, essentially my non-negotiables around it. Okay, and this is what I would encourage your audience to do, because, for example, when I was writing my book, I worked on Sundays because that was my writing day. Right. But now I don't work on weekends. So I want you to think of like your life right now and in your weeks and what they look like and then say what needs to be my non-negotiables around working and what is my requirement here so I can get the job done, but then also leave time for the things I know I need to do for myself. And that's how I create my schedule. So right now it looks like, you know, I start with start work at nine and I get off somewhere between three and five, sometimes earlier on some days where it's like noon, because I like to have my Fridays free. But like, that's, that's not always what it is, right? This is what's working now. And so I think that just letting your audience know that like, take a good life review. This is one of the things I do with my clients is we do this life review. We do an awareness of how we spend our time uh, initially when I first meet with them so that we can really look at like, this is what you're doing with your time. And then this is what you're telling me you you're desiring and it wants to experience in life. Cool. Let's get those in alignment so that we are giving you the experience that you actually want to have and what you say you want. So I think that setting those boundaries are really important, but knowing that if you're a business owner, things are going to happen and allowing that to come up, like, you know, tonight something might happen. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm up till 8, 8 PM knocking something out. 
And that's great, right? And knowing that this, that's just going to happen and planning for those days as well, especially if you have a family you're taking care of and a young kid like, like I do who's five, like it's going to get messy. So allow for that mess to be a part of what's going to come up. Okay. And Olivia, I want to thank you for that because inside there, you said something that was very keen, non-negotiables. Those right there that hits at home. And that's the end of our 2020 questions. And Olivia Fish, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia Uncommonplace uh, for some specific reasons here. For for being encouraging to create a healthy state for people. A tag from out of your book. Um, for having a book, having a place that people can meet you. And would you mind doing a shameless plug telling them where the website's at? Yeah, I would love to. I'm I'm really happy to give my book away for for, to, for free, a free downloadable PDF to your audience. You can go to www.losetheweightbook.com to get your free copy. And I would love for them to go there and share it with their friends and all the things. So it's losetheweightbook.com and you'll get your free copy there. Okay. I mean, you can also get it on Amazon if you want a physical copy, but you can get started with that free PDF. Okay, and we thank you there. So once again, I am JR from West Virginia and Commonplace, and I've had Olivia Fish with me, Live Empowered, Lose the Weight, the book, which is available on Amazon over um, at the website she said earlier. And you can also get in contact with her at www.oliviafish.com also. That's another plug I want to throw in there for. And once again, I am JR, and we are signing off. Thank you.